Ryan, give me, give me a check. Check, 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 check. <laughs> and Mr. Cowbell. Excellent. And uh, okay. How are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty chill. Since the weather is cooling down in many parts of the country, it's a good time to stay warm indoors and dig up some fun winter facts. I learned that the record for the largest snowflake is 15 inches wide and 8 inches thick. 8 inches thick? That's yeah. a big snowflake. That's a big okay. snowflake. That's not a snowflake. That's a bomb. <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Rob Minot. Today, joined by Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hey there. And Mr. Steve Barkley. Howdy. We got Mr. Cowbell in the room. And we got OK Google. How's it going, Google? Can't complain. Sweet. So we're all here at Full House. Um, hey, how are you guys doing? All right for Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Google, I can't complain. Well, then you're doing doing it wrong, Steve. <laughs> My football team didn't win yesterday. Yeah, oh, Yay. really? Your yeah. football team didn't win. Mine did. <laughs> New England's got to go. I'm sorry. Brady's amazing, but I don't know. Let somebody else win. They did. The Eagles win? The Eagles won. Oh, because I bailed on it at halftime. Did you? Dude, what did <laughs> you do? Well, it's funny because I asked I asked Alexa or Google who won the Super Bowl after it was over, and they said New England won. I don't think they did. Oh, okay. Yay, my team won. Oh, for crying <laughs> I can't believe You should be embarrassed, sir. You be. And here I was feeling all like, oh, geez, I don't have anything to contribute to this. I, at least awesome. I knew who won. I didn't even watch the damn thing. I was more concerned about the Han Solo teaser trailer coming out. Yeah. And uh, and even I knew that uh, Philadelphia won. Yay. Hey, who won the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl was won by the Philadelphia Eagles. Yay. Hey, Google. How many riots were there in Philadelphia last night? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Well, there were a lot. <laughs> oh, let me tell you about it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Google. I have to come Mass back. riots. My, my phone, of course, is getting in on this action, too, because <laughs> you keep on talking to it. But, uh, yeah, celebrations and riots break out in Philly following Super Bowl win. Hmm. Philly police scanner reveals horrific scenes in Philadelphia stands riot. Well, riot erupts in Philadelphia streets after Eagles win Super Bowl. Yep. Lots of headlines. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting. It's a fine line between a celebration and a riot. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of some of the reporting, you know, calling it boisterous celebrations <laughs> broke out. <laughs> which is which is a good euphemism for yeah, someone throwing a, a lamppost through a, a storefront window. Yeah, when you turn over a police car, I think it's pretty safe to say, hey, there's a riot going they're, on. They're yeah. just having fun. Yeah. 
they're they're just boisterous. They're Boist- just they're just boisterous. They're just celebrating. Yeah. Boys will be boys. Hey, we got some news stories. Yeah, we have a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys did you guys have a chance to look at that uh, story about that Intel pair of Intel smart glasses that I sent over? Yes, yeah, I looked at it this morning. Yeah, it was funny because I, uh, I I was reading it um, ahead of time and emailed it to myself because I thought it would be something we could talk about. And then <laughs> I go and check my email and there's you emailing me before I emailed me <laughs> through with the same story. Great minds think alike. Yep. They are called Vaunt glasses. They, you, you wouldn't know that they were in the glasses. They have uh, uh, built in a low powered class one laser as well as a processor, an accelerometer, a Bluetooth chip and a compass. Uh, Intel says that it's so low power that it's at the very bottom end of a class one laser. It emits a red monochrome image into your eye at 400 by 150 pixels. Now, as soon as I heard that 450 by one or 400 by 150 pixels, I thought, Hey, we can bring back DOS. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Command line interface. (laughs) Now that would be something. Batch files for the eyes. (laughs) Uh, for all those DOS aficionados. Batch Faisals. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, you look at the glasses themselves and they're very, they, they literally just look like a, a normal pair of glasses. There's no, there's no weight to them. There doesn't seem to be, there's no camera or anything attached to it. Um, and apparently if you watch the video, you know, they've, they, they make a note of saying how, they wanted to make it a lot less um, uh, intrusive, say, than something like the Google Glass. Um, and even the notifications that, that pop up in the heads-up display, they wanted it to be very um, sort of in your peripheral vision as opposed to like popping up right in your, your central vision. So you could just use them uh, as normal and really not um, have any sort of the notifications um, appear unless you you want them to, and you know, and, the, and they were talking about some some sort of head gestures and stuff that you can use to sort of bring bring the notifications into your central vision and then dismiss them. Um, they look really cool, um, and I think that it it technologically, I think it makes a very interesting platform for some um, low vision aids to be developed um, using the platform down the road. Yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. You know, keep in mind it's not a standalone unit yet. You still need an iOS or Android device, um, you know, to pinpoint locations and get your notifications because there is no Wi-Fi, there is no cellular built into the glasses. But that'll come. This is just the first generation. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, you know, and, and not even the first generation. I mean, this is still this is still being developed, right? right. This, this was a prototype that they were uh, that they were showing in the video. Um, but what's interesting, the, the interesting part of that is that this heads-up display, it's a laser, and it's being projected directly onto the retina. So there's, you know, even if you, you have, say, prescription glasses, and you're, you know, you're like me, so you have astigmatism, I could have, like, your, your central vision could be blurry because, you, you know, you need a prescription, but because this laser is shooting the heads-up display directly onto your retina, it's clear as can be. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that there's a lot of vision-related applications that could be down the road. I mean, if you could build in, say, a camera and some OCR technology into this, you could literally have, 
um, you know, the, the camera OCRing text in front of you and then projecting it onto the retina, you know, clear as day. Well, they did say, too, it's not going to be, like, front and center on your eye. It's going to be in the bottom corner of your eye, so it's not, you know, totally distracting you. You'll notice, you know, you're, you're always looking at stuff through your peripheral vision, and, you know, if a notification pops up, your eye will, you know, gradually go over there and see that, but it's not going to be, like, front and center. No, but they could develop it. They could develop, you know, sort of, like, I don't, I don't know, like, brand new devices utilizing this sort of technology as a, as a foundation to to build whatever sure you know you, you could you could really have some sort of vision augmentation system um so pretty exciting we'll see what the price point's gonna be well and we'll see how it how it's received and mm-hmm. you know there there's there's you know a ton of wearables you know we we keep hearing that wearables is the new thing and uh it's there, certainly true are you saying they're where it's at <laughs> Although I did think it was ironic, though, that I also heard this morning about a bunch of um, ex-Google and Facebook employees that were now, I guess they, they've now formed some sort of a, uh, a coalition or a, a, an advocacy group um, around the dangers of social media. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't recall what the, what the name of the the group is but uh yeah they're 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 very serious about you know trying to to change the way that social media is is fed because there are more and more you hear more and more talks about how mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a dopamine feedback loop and you know all, all kinds of the all the social aspects of of the way that we consume media these days Hold on. If it's a dopamine feedback loop, given the amount of time that I spend on Facebook, I should be higher in hell right now. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just went through Facebook the last couple of days and unfollowed a whole whack of people because my newsfeed was just getting way too too cluttered. I just couldn't get through it all. Yeah. There's just too much. But but no, it is interesting how there's sort of this anti-social media aspect but then on the other hand you know we have this technology that's pushing you know even more intimate ways of getting fed news and notifications so it's it's interesting we'll keep our eye on it Uh Uh, okay, what else we got? Uh, Steve, you got anything uh, Anything else you want to talk about news-wise? Absolutely. There's there's one big piece of news. Okay, what is it? It's my dog's birthday today. Oh, yeah. She's three? Happy birthday, Daisy. Yep. Three is she three old. already? She's oh, three. how time yeah. flies. What is that? Dog years, that's 21. Yeah, how about that? She's a legal person. Yeah, she's yeah. legal. That's right. She can oh. go down to the States and drink now. <laughs> Pour her a beer. <laughs> Now there's there's a, there's a couple articles I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them is a uh, an article from uh, the star.com. Mm-hmm. The headline is Fur and Fury in the Skies as More People Bring Emotional Support Animals on Planes. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I've heard of this. Well, it's okay. been all over the news and okay, Facebook go. and yeah. So uh, uh, there's a picture on this article of Daniel, an emotional support duck on board a recent American Airlines flight. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's, so, it's, it's just gone too far. I don't know. Well, and it's becoming a problem mm-hmm. for people with guide dogs. Legitimate yeah, service animals. Actual yeah. trained service animals. Mm-hmm. And, and there's all kinds of things wrong with this. There, there's, you know, websites that are offering certificates mm-hmm. for emotional support animals. Vests you what? can buy. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can, you can just go onto a website 
and I could say, okay, Daisy is now my emotional support animal, and I would be able to get her on a plane with yep. a, with a certificate that has no validity whatsoever. You literally just like buy the certificate for like twenty bucks, and they just yeah. There's no standards around Whoa. certificates mm-hmm. for emotional support Yikes. animals, and the airlines are basically you, you show up with a certificate, good enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, people are people are just basically. Well, people are nuts. People yeah. are nuts. I mean, some some of the examples, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, like the emotional support duck. Okay, that that's a little weird. And now I'm not saying that the duck's not a legitimate support animal. I don't know that, but uh, but come on, really, a duck? Well, um, you know, if what, it went through actual certification and training by a recognized association, sure, I don't I don't have a problem with that. But there is no certifiable, recognizable association that trains ducks to be therapy ducks. Yeah. So that's the issue. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can, I can just see somebody showing up with their emotional support gator. <laughs> well, it's going to cause real problems with the like drug mules and stuff. Could be like, this is my emotional support, emotional support pack. bag of cocaine. <laughs> this is my emotional support pack mule with the bag of cocaine. <laughs> Because <laughs> he can carry more, and I need emotional support for that. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Re- I did not realize that this was becoming such a problem. I mean, I know I saw. I saw an article the other day, something about an emotional su- emotional support peacock mm-hmm. that someone tried to bring on a plane that I guess got uh, refused. Um, but right, that's right. An emotional support peacock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, this has been a problem. I mean, there was there was this um, news article from a few years back. I want to say about uh, the problem of those um, service vests. Mm-hmm. Like people were getting a hold of those of those um, you know service dog vests and just putting them on their chihuahua and then yep, being sure. like, hey, I can take this to the mall or take it wherever. Yep, yep. Uh, and it wasn't an actual support animal. Um, so it's interesting that that they're that they're they're finally getting some blowback for some of this and and hopefully they can crack down on it because you're right it's it really um, makes the life of legitimate support animals that much harder because they get they get looked at in a different way. Well, you know? a lot of you know Steve's probably got a lot of the same contacts I have on Facebook who are blind and visually impaired and have service you know guide dogs and they're being turned away from restaurants. Oh, yeah, you know. These dogs have, have gone through thousands of dollars of training, years of training at, you know, licensed, legitimate schools. And it doesn't matter if you have your proof or not. They're turning you away. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, it, if this is a, a case of where the public needs to be educated more or the problem is that the, the that is the problem is that the, the, the public has been educated too much because now that they've seen like, oh, hey, yeah, the service animals. Oh, Yeah. I can get in on this, and they've they've started fa- these this idea of the fake service animal, mm-hmm. or if it's just a matter of like obviously restaurants, service industry, travel the travel industry they need to be educated on what's um, a legitimate service animal and what's not, and maybe that's where the problem is. Well, it's like a, it's a it's a new type of scam, right? It's 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 fraud. It's a money grab. Yeah, I wish I'd I'd gotten in on this because I can I can make, I can make up a, a PDF of a certificate and charge twenty bucks for it. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. 
So, uh, so the other story I wanted to talk about um, is uh, Elon Musk's other company, uh, oh. the the Boring Company. Oh, really? What? Are you are you familiar with the Boring Company? No. Okay, so so you know he's he's had this idea of the Hyperloop, the the high speed transportation mm-hmm. system right. to basically have a, a vacuum filled tunnel, fire a. Uh, uh, a, a basically a projectile full of people through the thing. And, I love it. And, uh, it. you know, potentially travel from, you know, L.A. to, say, San Francisco in 10 seconds. <laughs> maybe maybe not quite that fast. <laughs> but, uh, but the yeah. Jello he, Express. <laughs> for, for some reason, uh, they've been, uh, the Boring Company has been doing little side projects. Wait, that's uh, a, that yeah. actually literally the name of the company is The Boring the Company? The Boring Company, yes. It's the, t- the company that would actually oh, be making the I hole see. in the ground okay, got for, it. for these things to travel through. Okay, got it. So so one of their, uh, one of their fundraising things has uh, just wrapped up. They made a flo- uh, flamethrower, <laughs> and they sold twenty thousand. Oh, was that them who made the flamethrower? They made the flamethrower. Oh, okay, yeah, wait, wait, sold what? out in like a day. Wait, it's an actual flamethrower. It's an actual yep. flamethrower. I've got pictures right here. We'll, we'll link it to the show notes. Oh There's a little God. video oh in there as well. But, uh, yeah, hang on. yeah, they went for five hundred bucks, and they were sold out within. I think a day or two. What? Yeah, and they're 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 legal. <laughs> they're, they're, that's legal. That's legal. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no regulations either in the U.S. or Canada on uh, <laughs> on uh, flamethrowers, provided that they're under a ten foot flame. I believe is the the limit in the U.S. Otherwise, they're considered a military weapon. But. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, and, there, and there's no regulations on them in Canada because you know nobody ever thought. Oh, sure. Yeah, civilian flamethrower <laughs> well i actually said to linda when the story came out that you know if we ever had an intruder break into the house this would be awesome i could just grab it from beside the bed head down the stairs and burn the crap out of this guy right <laughs> yeah because you don't really need you don't, you know, I don't I mean, need a gun i don't need but you, you know. don't even you don't need sight to no. use a flamethrower properly i mean just really aim yeah. where the sound is and yeah, fire just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's incredible and on the one hand the first, the, it's, it's it's interesting because the first thought that went in my head was that's stupid and the second thought was i want one <laughs> exactly so, um, which is remarkably the same process i went through <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of other people. But Clearly. And it wasn't that expensive. I, I think it was only... Uh, it was $500. Yeah, yeah, it was 500 bucks. I'm already thinking there. of applications for it. I think yeah. it would be a hell of a lot of fun to light the barbecue light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, you could light your campfire in the rain. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be a great for camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Huh. Oh, wow. So can we, can you, So you can get those here? Can you, can, uh, not, no, they're sold out. They're sold out. They're but sold it, out. but can could you have? Like you could have. Yes, it was online. Yes. They yeah. would they would ship that over the border. They yep. Wow. Yeah, I believe so. Well, so. keep me posted. Let me know. Are you, are <laughs> yeah. you going to get one? If, if they oh, come are you kidding? Think? If they do another run of these things, uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't have five hundred bucks to spend on them right now. But uh, oh, five hundred bucks so tempting. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on your wall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just thinking how we could make an AT application of that. I mean, we could we could put a buzz clip on it or something, and <laughs> some sort of IR recognition, there so it could go. tell you when your targets your range. targets painted, <laughs> <laughs> painted in glorious flames. Yeah, put put your OrCam in front of it. That's right. <laughs> press, press this trigger button on the OrCam. There is a man in front of you. Like, Oof, press the trigger button again. There is a man in front of you on fire. 
Oh, fantastic. <clears throat> hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, what are we doing today? Today we are speaking with owner-operator of Music Works Talent, Keith Lang. Oh yeah, Keith. Yeah, you've been you've been chatting back and forth with him for a while, haven't you? Yeah, he's actually reached out to us saying he thinks he'd be a great guest and have something to contribute to the show. So we emailed back and forth, and today he's here. Today is the day. All right. Well, let's make him work for his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, joining us today is Mr. Keith Lang, who is the owner-operator of Music Works Talent, Inc., which is a, uh, a full-service talent agency that's located way down there, West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, Keith, uh, thanks yes, for sir. joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So just so you know, I came prepared. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> we got competing cowbells. We can have dueling cowbells. All right. I brought my own cowbell. Uh, excellent. You know, we'll do cowbell solos later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, how do you want to proceed? Uh, you know what? We're just gonna uh, we're gonna fly by the seat of our pants. We'll uh, we'll ask you a bunch of questions and just see where the their conversation goes. Okay. That's that's our our regular style. I mean, you you uh, you've listened to the show. You you kind of know what uh, how unprofessional we are. That's right. <laughs> and uh, now you can. Now I, know you can that, I know that you guys always say pretty outrageous things and then you say well, we'll edit that out <laughs> you don't edit that out well some of them i do like just after the fact i'm like yeah inappropriate things i say holy jesus these guys are and it's like yeah we'll edit that out and then it never gets it yeah no there's you should see the stuff that does get edited out I'm sure, so, yeah. so now you get you get a real peek behind the curtain. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to some past episodes. Yeah, I, told you, this is how, I told you guys to listen, but no. So uh, the bottom line is that this this takes place in in the basement of, of Ryan's home. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. okay yeah. Cool. So yeah, we need. And that's we, where all of you are right now. Yep. Yeah, we're all in the same room here. So. Talk amongst yourselves. I can't believe that you didn't edit out the stuff you said you were going to edit. <laughs> I, I, I edited out most of it, trust me. There, there was a few, I think it was last week that was that was a case. Where I was like, yeah, you know what? That's not bad. I'll leave that in. <laughs> uh, now, I, I, I think you, you, and, you and Ryan have kind of been trading emails for a while, and I think Ryan's been sort of anxious to get you on the show um, for, for a few months now. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and... Um, a little bit about MusicWorks. So MusicWorks is a company that my wife and I started, and we're in our 31st year of business. So it's, it's hard to believe that, that that much time has gone by. But when I first moved down to Florida, I had been a drummer on the road for quite a while. And um, basically that, that was my skill set was playing drums and um, so I had to try to figure out what to do when I got down here and um, you know it was you know difficult to um, to um, come up with anything but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself but the, the, the bottom line with, with music works is you know it's a bonded licensed full service talent agency we book all sorts of entertainment bands DJs um, all sorts of events, everything from, you know, galas at 
nice hotels here in the area to, you know, just um, Billy's birthday party. He was looking for a, a clown, you know, that folds balloons, you know. So um, it's it's been a great business, and, you know, and I love it. And when is your busy season? The busy season down here is pretty much from the beginning of October to about the beginning of May, and then it starts to dry up. So from about June through September, it, it gets pretty desolate down here because everybody goes up north. But then that being said, you've got 6 million people that live in South Florida. So, you know, I think most people don't pursue events during the summertime because that's also hurricane season down here. So you can have your event right. ruined if some hurricane decides to make its way towards the coast. You know, Nothing ruins a birthday party more than a, than a good old-fashioned hurricane. <laughs> uh, and we should mention to you that you are visually impaired. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your visual impairment. Um, I have Stargardt's disease, uh, which is kind of an unusual deal. But... Um, I did not know that I was visually impaired till I was about 10 or 11 years old. So I just thought I was not good in school and just not good at sports and, you know. So um, I'm 60, so that, I think that's pretty common for back when when there were kids my age, you know, that they, they, they really didn't think about the eyesight that much, you know what I mean? At least, you know, where, where I live. So... Um, so I have Stargardt's disease, and, and the way I can describe that is if you take a mirror and you spread Vaseline over a mirror and then you hit it with a hammer, <laughs> that's the way I see. You know, it says there's certain parts that are right. relatively clear, there's certain parts that are very fuzzy, and there's certain parts that are just totally, you know, blacked out. What, what part of the eye does it, does it specifically target, the disease? The retina. Okay. It, it's... Describe to me as scar tissue on the redness. It's um, essentially juvenile macular degeneration. Oh, I see. Okay. So, you know, so what intrigued me about your guys' show so much is um, that, you know, the three of you get together, you talk about stuff, um, and it just occurred, and I've listened to several of your, um, your guests, and I don't think we've had anybody on like me that was like a guy that started his own business um you know it, it's tough you know for the visually impaired and, and the right. handicap obvious but you start your own business and i mean this business has been incredibly incredibly successful i mean it's been a great business and not everybody has the built-in skills that i've got you know, they don't know what they want to do. You know, they, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. I, I, I was a drummer, so okay, so I could take all those years of drumming and playing music and stuff like that and then translate it into a business where I'm able to find entertainment for people. So it's a service that's, you know, few and far between and kind of rare. Um, and there's so many people out there that, that don't have that passion that, you know, that makes life so much tougher on them. You know, so I've been lucky as heck. You know? Well, absolutely, and we've we've actually recently had a, had a few guests on, and, and uh, these these are episodes that that might be published uh, 
in the next month or so. But, but you know, where they've they've talked a little bit about the the attitudes that um, visually, the, and you know, across all disability groups, really. But but in in general, or in specifically, you know, the the conversation was about the visually impaired groups in particular. That you know. The, society kind of looks on them and says, well, you know what, here's what you can do. And, you know, you can maybe fulfill this type of job or that kind of job. And they, they, they aren't given the, always given the confidence that, that people who aren't visually impaired are that, you know what, you, you can do whatever you want, you know, you're have dreams, dream big, and you can fulfill those dreams if you work really hard at it. The visually impaired community isn't necessarily given that message, and that's something that needs to change. Because, in all honesty, with with technology where it's at, there there is nothing that um, a visually impaired person can't do. I mean, Steve has this great story about who is who is that person that uh, didn't they go to law school using one of those really old yeah an opticon a handheld. Uh, device that you ran over top of letters and it, it put the shape of the letters onto an array of pins that you kept your finger on and you you, you literally read letter by letter um, with the thing yeah and uh, yeah yeah we had one one customer put himself through law school just using an opticon to read all of his text yeah I mean incredible and so you know that's definitely a message that we're interested you know putting out there that the the time is, is sort of here that People shouldn't feel that they need to not dream big. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's important to have people like you on who have, despite, you know, whatever roadblocks, and, and we'll talk about this over the interview, I'm sure, you know, what, what kind of roadblocks you came up against with your visual impairment that you had to overcome in order to become the, the successful business owner that you are. Well, I think, I think you guys touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think just getting out of your own way at first, I mean, it can be extremely demoralizing and extremely depressing. Uh, hey, it's one thing when I'm walking around here now as a business owner and, you know, everybody calls Keith, call Keith, call Keith, this is that, you know, because, I mean, after 31 years, they better be calling me or I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> but when I first started this out, and even now when the, when the, uh, when the summer hits and it's dead in a doornail around here, I mean, I have two drawers in my desk. I have one drawer where I keep motivational tapes and the other drawer, I keep a bottle of whiskey and a pistol, you know, (laughs) Uh, that's staying in. (laughs) That's gold. In fact, that might be the, that might be the name of the episode. Actually, it, it can become, you know, it's, you know, your confidence gets shook, you know, shook, you know, you're hanging out, you're waiting around for the phone to ring. So you really have to like get off your behind and just go to say, you know what, I'm leaving the phones. I'm, I'm not going to bother with this. I'm going to go do something else. I'll go play drums. I'll go work on something. I'll go do yard work. I'll do whatever I got to do. But you just don't want to be held hostage, you know, but, but it's because, you know, it's, it's just, it gets depressing. So, you know, for me, fortunately at this point, you know, through the summer months down here, that's a big planning time. So I get phone calls a lot with people saying, Keith, here's my schedule for 
the entertainment I want to do this year. Can you give me some ideas? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? You know, here's my budget. You know, put together a calendar for me, please. Okay, sure. So there's a lot of busy work like that. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is like people, you know, if they have a plan. So like, you know, for, for instance, when the way music works first started is I was going to the lighthouse for the blind down here and they said, okay, let's, you know, give you a test to see what, you know, what, what you lean towards, what, you know, so I took this whole battery of tests and they said, well, you, you know, you'd be a great artist. And she's like, well, yeah, thanks a lot. I'm not going to make any money being an artist. <laughs> so, but they helped me understand that. Um, so it's, it's basically, you know, where, where my strengths were. So Lynn and I started a, I wasn't getting work as a drummer. So, um, we started a, a DJ service. So we started doing DJ jobs because it doesn't cost a lot to put that together. And we just started doing it. And I would pick up the phone. You got to call people. You got to ingratiate yourself to them. Just whatever you can possibly do just to get the ball rolling. And then before you know it, you got a gig. And the most important part with all that stuff is if they say to you, can you do this? You say, yes. Even if you've never done that before, just say yes. <laughs> And then yep. you can then you can research it and figure out what you need to do, you know. Um, I mean, if you think you're going to get yourself in way over your head, then you know you, you want you want to be honest. But if if you think that you're capable of doing it, then go for it, take the leap. Um, so one thing led to another with the DJ service, and then we got a grant, um, and it was a very modest grant. We needed a talent agency license, which I think at the time cost like $500. And then we needed an assurity bond, which I think cost $600. And then we needed a, a copier. So we bought a copy machine and I think that was like $1,000. So we, we had applied for a grant for $2,000 and we got it. And that was based on Lynn because she's a director at a hospital down here. She's smart as a tack and she's, you know, she's fantastic. So. We got that, and then basically that was it. And, you know, and my goals were real small at the beginning. It was like, if I can just help pay the rent in the apartment we were living in, you know, if I can just take some of the burden off of land, then so if I was making 50 bucks here, if I was making 100 bucks there, whatever was happening – that's what I would do, and that was the goal. And I would just work the phones every day. And then, as time went on, then music work started to get a reputation. And then I was able to deliver, and I was able to get things done. But I would have people take me out, go to different properties, give them a flyer or a brochure or whatever, and just say, "Hi, you know, I'm Keith from Music Works. I was hoping to meet with you about some of your entertainment needs." And you'd be surprised if, if you're nice on the phone and you're nice to people and, you know, you'll, you'll get somewhere, regardless of what you're trying to sell. Well, let me ask you this then. I mean, in those early days, how did your, your visual impairment sort of factor into it or did it factor into it? And, and what were some things that you sort of had to um, overcome, you know, in a, in a way that somebody without a visual impairment maybe didn't have to? 
Well, most of my clients know that I'm, you know, that I'm blind. Okay. Um, and they, they know because, you know, you look at them out of the corner of your eye, you don't look at them dead on. If you're, if you're just meeting someone for the first time, I know where my dead spot is. So if I look directly into my dead spot, then I'm looking into their face, you know? So if I don't, if I don't need them to know that I'm blind right off the bat, cause it's just like, whatever, for, for whatever reason, I decide that, you know, I'm feeling funky about it or whatever it is. So the, the challenges that I think I had when I first started with music works were overcome by joking around about it. It's like if, if people, you know, just don't, you know, it's, it's just, just joke about it. Just have fun with it. It's like, you know, roll with it. Like if they say like something like, um, it's like, um, so that Dixieland band that you're booking for me, um, what's the deal with those guys? And they'll just say, well, you know, if those guys show up sober, they'll do a great job. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. And just, and if they say, Jesus, you know, that band you sent me, you know, so, and then, you know, if they complain or whatever, then it's just like, you know, most, most of my clients don't know that this is a blind man driving this bus with no brakes, you know, so, you know, this is the way it goes. But, you know, you just make light of it, have fun with it, don't get too crazy about it. And then the more you put them at ease, the more at ease they are. Right. You know what I mean? The more, the more comfortable they are. And then they're not all hung up about it. I mean, that's been my experience. I mean, I don't know what, Ryan, what you think, but I mean, that's, that's the deal. Yeah. It's always, you know, when, when you first meet somebody, it's always easier to put them at ease because a lot of people just aren't quite sure how to interact. Right. So yeah, if you can make light of the situation or, you know, I don't know how many times I used to go into, try to go into Steve's office and walk into the glass window that was there <laughs> you know um but you know everybody gets a laugh out laugh out, laugh out of it well i got the laugh more out of the fact that every time you did it you went Caw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right ryan ryan had the the uh lovable nickname of pinball yep. uh in the office because he used to just kind of you know wander around the office and just ricochet off things yeah, my guitar picks have a logo of a pinball on them. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't believe in using the stick. <laughs> Not in the office. But I, I, I. But I think what you should do is like, you hit the glass and you should hit the cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you know, but right. I think that if, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why I'm glad that I didn't know that I was, had poor eyesight until I was like 11 years old. By that time, I had been riding bikes, I had been breaking windows, I've been throwing balls, I've been, you know, everything. You know, I've been doing all the same thing all the other kids have been doing. But, because I can only imagine what, I, I don't know what my family would have done. I don't know how they would have treated me. I don't know if they would have said, you can't do that, don't do that. Yeah, and I'm the same as you. I'm fortunate. I lost my sight at 23. So, like you, I, I biked, I balled, I you know, did sports. I did all that stuff. So I, I'm not sure how my family would have reacted either. Yeah. 
And I think the important part of the, the, the conversation is that, you know, these days it, it's very important for um, parents uh, and, and for, you know, even people who are losing their vision, say, later in life. Um, to realize that while, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some hurdles to overcome when you're, when you're faced with, with losing your sight, but, uh, those hurdles aren't, you know, insurmountable by any means. And, you know, there, you know, it's an alteration of lifestyle, but it doesn't mean your life's over by any means. You definitely have to surround yourself though with supportive people. Yeah. Oh, big time. Jesus I don't know what I would do if I didn't have Lynn. Lynn's been fantastic. I mean, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. She's very supportive. But if you walk into the kitchen and she leaves a cabinet open and you smack your head on it, <laughs> she, she immediately just says, you'll be fine. <laughs> walk it off. I, I don't see blood. You're fine. <laughs> Or she leaves a chair out and you fall over on your head. (laughs) Walk it off. I agree with you. I think that surrounding yourself with supportive people is, if you can, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, Yeah, one absolutely... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, and I was going to say, and, and but I also think that you know, it's it's also important for society to send send similar messages. I mean, we this idea of learned helplessness that um, you know the society has been sending, you know, the disability community needs to end. Like you know, they they need to be encouraged and supported in in ways that. I don't think that they necessarily have in the past, and and I, and I see that changing. I see a bit of a groundswell on social media, and wouldn't you agree, Steve? Well, I think probably one of the bigger things that has changed is you're seeing very, very few specialized uh, institutional education systems anymore. You know, m- most kids with visual impairments now are going through the main mainstream yeah. school system, and. I think that exposure, both for them as well as for their sighted peers interacting with them, is super important because yeah, it, good point. it changes perception. And uh, yeah. you know, people people are figuring out that hey, you know, this yeah, this guy's blind, but you know, it doesn't mean he can't do X or Y. Whereas there were a lot of a lot of kids who grew up in institutional environments, you know, specialized blind schools in the past, and you know quite quite honestly some of those schools were were pretty crappy mm-hmm. yeah you know out here we had the uh, jericho school where there was all kinds of abuse and nastiness going on um you know i'm not that, that's not the the case in all of them and and uh you know there there still are some institutional schools but they're they're very different from what they what they used to be um and uh you know the role of people with disabilities in the community now is is much more prevalent. You, you know you you see a lot more people in you know in wheelchairs, you know power chairs. You see right. a lot more people walking around with the white cane these days than you ever did before. So mm-hmm. uh, slowly society is changing, but you know it's a uh, it's a it's a gradual process and it's a generational process. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's interesting. My my sister has the same. Um, I condition I do, and um, <clears throat> which I guess it was just res- some recessive genes or something that was, you know, involved with my family. But 
she put herself through uh, law school and college. And uh, basically, she's, and then her situation was, her eyes, I think, were pretty much the same as mine, but she kept reading and reading and reading and reading, and she found the parts of her eyes that she could focus with, and she was able to read. You know, she had to put the book up against her face, but she was still able to read. Now, if you do that for me, it's like I can't read it because you know, I, I, I just don't rely on on uh, reading. I mean, I've got a, a large print. I mean, I've got one, one of those CRT, what, what kind of... C- CCTVs. Um, yeah, right, on my desk. So if I need to look at a contract or something like that or I need to sign something, then I can put that on there. But they put Lauren, which is my sister, they put, they put us both in uh, special classes when we were kids, like fourth and fifth grade, stuff like that. And, you know, with with other kids that were either mentally disabled, you know, because there was, you know, they didn't know what else to do. Right. They don't, you know what I mean? This was back then. This was a long time ago already, you know? So I think, like, you're right. I think that, you know, having the kids involved in the mainstream, and I just think, you know, today's technology, I mean, this is like a godsend what's out there right now. When I first started Music Works, I had a woman that used to work for me named Evelyn. She would sit at a uh, a desk with a typewriter, and I would dictate the contracts to her, and she would bang them out. Now, I mean, I do all my own contracts. I have an assistant named Carissa who's great. She's fantastic, and um, she does you know she keeps the books and stuff like that i mean as, as far as like taking care of the calendars and stuff and making sure that we're not dropping balls and then my wife lynn does the books like she does all the money but as far as reading contracts reading addendums reading all sorts of stuff i mean i use zoom text mm-hmm. and zoom text for me does a great job i mean i know there's other screen readers out there that that you know people love um but for me, Zoom text has been like a life changer. Right. And so has um, <clears throat> the iPhone has been a life changer for me sim- simply for texting purposes. Because right. now I can text the acts and say, hey, are you open? You know, and I can get to them quicker. Because the last thing you want to do is be stuck on the phone call with like, like an entertainer who wants to tell you, how open he is right now. You know, you just want to be able to get these guys on and off the the phone real quick so that you can just move on, you know? And then um, the other tool that I think is absolutely fantastic is uh, that Victor Reader yeah. is fantastic. It's just a great, great tool. And I, I probably got the Victor Reader. I started getting... The, what was What was the other company um you guys just mentioned it on a podcast the other day um plex talk they had those little they like little tiny victor readers in a way they were geo micro or what are they, what's it called geo micro no there was the bones uh players is a plex my, talk the milestones it was a my it was, it was a micro i'm not sure what that was but i had one of those and that broke and then i got the victor reader I would say in the past five years, I have probably read somewhere in the vicinity of 500 books. Wow. And these books 
now and but you know now these books are like everything from um tale of two cities you know that kind of stuff because it, it, i mean it's easy to read a book while you're like walking around and you're like you know vacuuming and all that kind of stuff you know what i mean right so it's but these are all books that i missed when i was in high school like i couldn't read them but these are all classics you know death of a salesman tale of two cities i mean it's fantastic that we have this stuff available to us absolutely I mean, what did we have before we had like a record player for you know for talking books they'd send you records yeah, I mean, they, they have absolutely have been have been game changers, and and they're only getting better. Um, you know, there's the now we've got the Victor Reader Track that has GPS built into it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, more and more, it's it's just about making as much accessible as as possible. And uh, I mean, the Daisy players have been around for how long now, Steve? Oh goodness. Um. Hmm long time <laughs> yeah i mean i guess the readers themselves haven't really changed too much other than being uh, a bit more compact and and um having more bells and whistles built into them but i guess what has has changed over the past few years is just the distribution models have gotten better and better and more content has been able to be produced well we have a lot more choice too you know the amazon kindles have accessibility now so you could get kindle books and read them on your kindle you've got the ipads and, and ibooks you could read books from there you know, there's so many choices nowadays. Yeah. Plus, there's commercial audiobook awesome. libraries that are massive now. Right. You know, like Audible. Yep. Well, I mean, the thing with what, you know, National Library Service down here in NLS, so with the Victor Reader Stream, it says, um, download a book. And then I'll say, okay, sure, I want to download a book. It says, so what do you want? You know, do you, do you want to go by category or you just want to go by most popular book, most recent book, most, re most recent magazines. Say, so, okay, I'll go with the most, let me go with most popular books. And then it'll say, oh, found results, 85,000. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that you, you start scrolling through, there's 85,000 books there. And they're all 50 shades of gray. <laughs> 85,000 shades of gray. <laughs> But, you know, and, and that, that's the other thing. When you're right. It's, it's now what, what NLS and BARD is doing is they're taking commercially, commercial books and throwing them on there as well. So the ones that were, you know, that are like more of like an audible book, mm -hmm. they, just, they just throw them on there. So you'll get one that's either a commercial audio book or you'll get one that was like read, you know, for National Library Service. So there's just like, there's so many books. It's outrageous. And some of them are brand new. I just got that Fire and Fury book that came out about a month ago about Trump. Oh, yes. And that thing, they, they, they just beat him with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was a bigger stick. <laughs> yeah, they're just beating him with a stick. They're telling him. Uh, let, let uh, you know, Steve's biting at the bit. Whenever we, whenever the word Trump is said, we, he, we've got to hold him back. So I'm going to change the subject real quick. Uh, let me ask you this: um, Have you, have you, have you tried, have you tried out the any of the Google products, the Google Home, the Google Home Mini? Uh, 
Yeah, I did. I bought I bought one for Christmas for my wife, um, the Google Mini, and I also have the <clears throat> the little. Um, I have Alexa, and then I've got the little Alexa. What do we call a little the, Alexa? The dot Echo Dot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I've got the Echo Dot hooked up to my stereo system in the living room, and I've got Alexa in the office, and then I have um, the Google Mini in our bedroom. And just, you know, just for to ask it to play the news, do this or that. So the Echo, you know, Lynn use, you know, buys crap all the time off from the, so we've got, <laughs> you know, the unlimited music and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, which is awesome. And, um, but I use her all day long to do spelling like Alexa spell this Alexa spell that Alexa $2,000 minus 75,000 or whatever it is you know and she just right. tells you so I use her for calculating I use her for um, I'd say for calculating mostly and, and calculating and spelling mostly so and I, music so I'm always interested in, in talking to people who who are like you and, and have both systems in the home because the only other person that I know of that, that, that I know that has that was Ryan. But let me ask you the question, what do you find are the major differences between the Google and the Amazon and which does what better? Well, my, okay. So I'm not giving Google a totally fair try because Google's doing the stuff to me that, that uh, Alexa did to me when I first got it, which is like, hey, play this song. Oh, I can't play that song for you because you're not, you know, spending enough money on me. So screw you. And here you go. <laughs> so, okay, but, but I would say, personality-wise, Google's a lot more fun in general and cuts to the chase a lot quicker. So okay. it's like if you say to Google, hey, what's the temperature outside? And you say, you know, uh, it's 76 degrees. And if you say that, hey, what's the temperature outside? So say, today's temperature is X, Y, Z. Tonight you can expect more. Like, I don't need all that crap. I just, you know. Right. You know, or, you know? So, or if you say to Google, what time is it? He'll just say, the time, you know, bing, boom, boom. As opposed to Alexa, say like, the current time is, it's like, you know. Right. I feel. I guess the Alexa feels a little bit more canned than, and and Google feels a little bit more conversational. Right. Like if you play Lucky Trivia with Google, it's a little game show and it's fun, you know. As opposed to you play a game with Alexa, and you feel like Jesus. <laughs> I'm playing trivia with a Roomba. <laughs> and she's fine. I mean, she's she's great, you know. But it's and you know, and I don't know how you you know you are with it, Ryan. But you know, I I feel like you can really delve into these things, and I feel like I barely scratch the surface with them. I just use the things I need out of it, and that's that. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I have a Google Home here in the basement that I have connected to a Chromecast, and I can just tell it to watch whatever on Netflix, and it, boom, goes through my home theater and comes through my surround sound. Uh, you know, I like the more natural spoken language to the Google Home. I find, you know, I have an Echo Dot upstairs as well connected to my stereo, and I'll use it for listening to music. 
but with the Echo, there are so many skills to browse through and to pick and choose one and enable it, and then you don't like it and disable it. To me, it's just kind of clunky. Hmm. Yeah, uh, well, you know what I what I use. Uh, that, that's that's the other thing that we should probably touch on. And you know, when, when it comes to um, is for a mental state of mind, is I exercise a lot, and I use some of the tools that are on Alexa. So there's a a program on there, five minute plank workout, which is basically like a a um, you know, a core strengthening program. Mm-hmm. And you you do it, it, takes five minutes. She says, okay, assume this position. Okay, assume that position. Okay, assume this position. And she times you on each thing. And then she also has a workout program, like a 10-minute uh, a uh, aerobic workout. And um, she also has a uh, abs workout. And... You know, these are things that I think are very, very important, especially for your your, your emotional well-being. Because, you know, if you're sitting around and you're waiting for the phone to ring, or you're sitting around and you're feeling like you're not getting anything done in life, or you're feeling like everything is crap, at least if you go for a walk or you're able to do a workout or you're able to do something, whether it's you get some videotapes or whether you do yoga or whatever you do, just do it because you'll feel better when you're done because at least you release some sort of energy and it's just like things don't look so bad when you get to the other side of it well absolutely and i mean it wasn't too long ago that we had uh ryan sturgeon on who talked to us a little bit about uh uh, mental health and disability and that was one of his big tips was was uh exercise is key yep and that's for everybody across the board but and for yeah. us up here, vitamin D. <laughs> Got to supplement yeah. your vitamin D. Right, and not everyone lives in Florida. Uh, you know, not you know. It's so I can go out today. It's gorgeous out. You know, it's like seventy something degrees. Oh, sure, rub it so, in. Okay, shush. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. So are you guys? So you guys are so more, I, I more cowbell. The coldest place I've been is Winnipeg, Canada. Oh, yeah. We're oh, on the West they, Coast. We're Vancouver. Yeah, they, so they do cold. Yeah. We're probably, I don't know, 50 degrees Fahrenheit yeah, today or something. We're, we're just being babies, actually. We have it probably the best out of all the Canada right now. I know I talked to a friend who was in Calgary. He said it was yep. minus 22 over the weekend. So we've got nothing to complain about. We, we complain about some drizzle. Well, our drizzle, though, January had, like, what, three days of no rain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, when you're, when you're in Florida and you say, so what's the temperature in Toronto, and she tells you, what's the temperature in New Bedford, Massachusetts, and she tells you, and you say, what's the temperature in Rockford, Illinois, she tells you, and then you ask about Winnipeg, Canada, it's like cold as <laughs> well. But then when you ask about um, Vancouver, it's like disappointingly warm. <laughs> Those bastards. They, they're not freezing enough in Vancouver. Yeah, know? the people in Winnipeg would agree with you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Winnipeg's rough. Yeah, nobody goes to Winnipeg. And people in Winnipeg, I, I, I think they're just trying to get out, but they, they, the, the planes can't take off because it's too cold. Yeah, they're, they're frozen in place. <laughs> what I wanted to ask you guys about, so Steve, explain your company to me. I, I, so what, what exactly is, and Ryan, you're working there now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an assistive so technology what, company. Is your, 
does your company do? Uh, we do uh, equipment for low vision and blindness as well as some stuff for physical disabilities as well. Um, but uh, primarily I'm focused around, uh, around education and uh, um, low vision and blindness in education and with a pretty strong focus on uh, Braille. So we sell your Zoom text, we sell your CCTVs, we sell Victor Reader streams, all that sort of assistive technology. It'll change your life. Yeah, Steve's been in the industry, what, 30 years now? 27. 27. And he's <laughs> a lot of stories that, you know, he's he has seen people's lives changed by technology. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why, we, that's why we're all here. I mean, we all yeah. have a passion for it, you know, for... for the same reason, you know, we worked, we all worked together uh, at at the previous assistive technology company for, for many, many years. And you you get to see the effect that uh, assistive technology can have on people's lives and how much it empowers people. And you get a real passion for it. And, uh, you know, we're all we're all dug in here. You know, we, we want to stay in the, that field because it's so incredibly rewarding. Um yeah. And just can't imagine to go off and do something else. You know, I, I came to assistive technology after working for a photocopy repair company for three years. And I tell you, it's uh, it's very, very different. You know, when somebody when somebody says, hey, my assistive technology isn't working, this is a problem. You 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 kind of feel like, yeah, yeah, this this could be a problem for you because that's how you interact with the world and work. And mm -hmm. somebody says, hey, my photocopier isn't working. It's the end of the world. <laughs> that's right. It's like, shut up and stop being dramatic. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all relative. You know what I mean? It's like, no, <laughs> you know, get it. But yeah, yeah but yeah, I, I hear it. I mean, it's like, my email's down or something like that, it's like, you've got to be kidding yeah. me. <laughs> I, my email went down the other day, and it's because I turned my computer onto airplane mode and didn't know how to uh, do it. You know? uh, Keith, anything that uh, we didn't touch on about uh, the business that you want to you talk about? Um, I guess I've, if you guys got any uh, questions about it, it's a, it's a fascinating business because you're I think that's the other thing that I think that people should realize if they can, you know, if they do decide to get into business, right. they should definitely have some sort of business plan. They should definitely have a passion for it. It's not about money. It's about service. If you're in the service industry, which ultimately this is, if, you know, it's, you know, I'm not selling products. So it's all about service first and money will take care of itself. It's something I learned a long time ago. What you do after a problem makes all the difference in the world of what happens. So if you have a problem with a client, if the band screwed up, someone screwed up, you screwed up, like you didn't give the person the correct information you should have given, you dropped the ball. How you handle yourself after that kind of problem makes all the difference in the world. If you're going to have a problem, own it, apologize for it, don't beat yourself up, move on, make it right. I think that was something I did for the past couple of weeks or last month. I've been thinking about all the different things I wanted to, you know, make sure I said to you guys. Um, and one of the things 
there was a radio station down here when I first got here called WNN, which was Winner's News Network. And it was like this rare little gem that is was all about, it was a motivation station. It was all mm-hmm. about, all it was is 24 hours a day of different motivational speakers. And it was on AM radio. <laughs> I used to listen to this religiously hmm. because I felt like crap the entire time while I was down here. When I was, you, know, you know, when you leave a full-time job and then you come to nothing, you know, it's, it's rough. So whatever motivational books they can get their hands on, uh, there's a, a great book that um, I read a long time ago, Guerrilla Marketing. Mm-hmm. Which I'm assuming they've on you know they've made guerrilla marketing a new book uh, or up you know updated it, but guerrilla marketing is basically about uh, how to do marketing on a shoestring budget, and when you're first starting out in business, it's very very important to make sure that you live well within your means, that you don't go crazy spending money on stuff you can't afford to spend because you're just going to, it's a recipe for disaster. So I think whatever motivational materials they can get on, whatever principles that they can adhere to, you know, these are things that will get you through the tough times because there's tough times being in business by yourself. It's all there is to it. Yeah, I hear you. I think Steve can relate. Yep. Keep your eyes on the road. Take care of your clients and can't go wrong but first you got to figure out what the hell you want to do right and that's that's usually the the big one yeah and from there i mean really i mean i i would say that these days you know the most important message that we want to send is is you know dream dream big and and whatever you'd figure out what you want to do and and do it because really these days there there isn't really a heck of a lot that anybody can't do to to, you know, despite any sort of um, disability that they have, I mean, we've that's right. We've seen everything. We've seen we've seen some amazing stories doing a what is it, eighty eight episodes of the podcast. Uh, I mean, we've from you know stump kitchen to oh, what was that? What's the name of that fella? The the two dudes podcast. The guys that did the, the uh, race across dudes. America. Yep. Christine Haw, the blind master chef. Yeah. The Virginia Power Master Chef. And yeah. I mean, these don't have to be standout stories. Um, you know, they're they're they are amazing people in their own rights, but they're also just regular people just like everybody else. And I yeah, think that's that's right. That's the most important message to send is that you know, those don't have to be exceptions to the rule at all. No, I feel like the, the if you are level-headed about stuff the world is at your feet so you know it's it's just a matter of degree i mean we don't have to be we don't have to be donald trump where's that hold on one second (laughs) (laughs) no but i'm just saying that you know we you know it's like we we don't have to be the richest we don't have to be we just have to find purpose feel good about ourselves because that's where it's at Wow, this has been an incredibly positive podcast. We, you can tell because we have no Apple news today. The time. Wow. <laughs> we, we can't we can't post the show. It's too positive. That's right. We're <laughs> to do, uh, I'll edit in some. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I've we'll, been 
We'll, we'll, I've been drinking the entire time. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll, we'll let you go, and then we'll trash talk you out, just, to, just to bring some balance into this. <laughs> must be balanced okay, to yeah, the I'm first. looking at that, yeah. So, Keith, tell people where they can find you on the web. You can find me at musicworkstalent.com. M-U-S-I-C-W-O-R-K-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. If you want to find us on Facebook, we're there, and you can like us on Facebook if you like. And um, uh, if you want to email me, you just hit the contact button on the website, and that'll come straight to to me. And when I'm sober, I'll answer it. <laughs> so in this AT Banter podcast gig gives up the ghost, we can come down to West Palm Beach, and you can you can hire us. We can hire you. I, I would turn you guys into like uh, balloon sculptors. <laughs> yes, that's that's long been my dream. You know what? At this yeah. time of year, being a balloon sculptor in Florida sounds really good. technique. If I say if I say to someone, "Oh yeah, this is a clown that twists balloons," or if I say this is a high tech balloon sculptor, I mean, you know what I mean. I get more money for the high-tech balloons. Right. <laughs> no, I think that you guys would be excellent at that. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Probably better than at podcasting. <laughs> no, I think the Sorry. podcast is a wonderful podcast, guys. I really do. Oh, I mean, thanks. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I really think this is a great podcast. I don't reach out to podcasts um, at all, and I reach out to you guys because I just thought, these guys are talking turkey, and this is good. And maybe if we can just change just a few people's lives, that'd be great. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to us because, you know, we like having people on from all walks of life. And, and we certainly like uh, listeners, having listeners on. So, yeah. so uh, absolutely, we appreciate you taking the time and chatting. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. Great. All right. Take care. Take care. Wow, that was no. that was entirely too positive. Can we uh, can we throw some negativity into this podcast now? Yeah, clearly, clearly boy, we boy. need to. Wow. Um, no, you know, <laughs> although no, all my mind is going to is is what kind of balloon animals I could maybe sculpt. I've never been able to make <laughs> balloon animals. I've tried. I I think I could be a pretty good snake. Yeah. I think I could make a lot of snakes. Yeah, yeah. Bachelor bachelorette parties, I can make penises. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> so. I feel like I could be versatile. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Flexibility is important, as, <laughs> as we have learned. You yes. found your passion. That's true. <laughs> I think I just found my passion to go to Florida. Although I don't know, I wouldn't want to be down there for hurricane seasons at all. No, I don't think I would no. want to live down in Florida. It's bad enough we live in an earthquake zone. Yeah, still yeah. waiting. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. You, you should listen to There's this podcast on CBC called Fault Lines. Uh-huh. If you really want to be terrified, you should oh, listen really? to it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 You'll 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 stock up your earthquake kit after you <laughs> listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I've been meaning to do for a while. Yeah. yeah me too. We talk about it, too, every time there's one in Alaska or there's one somewhere nearby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. See, we managed to get off the positivity and <laughs> talking, talking about earthquakes already. Now the sky is falling. And how woefully unprepared we are. We will all probably die in the... In the guitar dungeon. If not in the earthquake itself, but <laughs> at the in the aftermath, because we'll be starving, because we can't eat guitars. 
Oh, thanks for that, Rob. That's, that's no problem. Better. No problem. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it's sure either that or bring up something Apple related. I'll make sure I have a supply of spam over there in the corner. Mm-hmm. Just in the odd chance. Can you even get spam here anymore? Is spam Probably. even a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spam and spork. And prem. Prem. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Scrape the gelatin off the meat. Mm, <laughs> yummy. Gelatin. <laughs> I used to well, love I fried spam. I used to love fried spam sandwiches. Did you really? Yeah, with mustard and oh, mm. huh. yeah, must have been an Alberta thing, maybe. No, I feel like I've heard that before. I've heard people who've done that before. So. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hey Ryan, Rob, where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. They can also email us if they desire, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're so inclined and into those social media networks, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, and if uh, Rob will ever send me the logon info, you might see some stuff on Instagram too. <laughs> You'll see something on Instagram soon. We're going to do it later. Okie dokie. Um, <clears throat> hey, Steve. Hey, Rob. This isn't scripted at all. Is it not? But where can people find you on the internet? Well, people can find me at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. And where can they find Rick Chant perchance? Rick Chant, repairer of all things assistive, can be found at Chaos Technical Services. Dot com. That's C-H-A-O-S technical services dot com. I think we can call it a day. All right. Let's call it. All right. It's well, a day. <laughs> I need a flamethrower. No. No, I really do now. Now it's really in my head. <laughs> Let's make our own. What could possibly go I'm gonna, wrong? You know what? I think you, we, I, I'm going to actually search on YouTube when I get home and see if like there, there's got to be unboxing videos oh, out probably. there then of people like opening their flamethrowers <laughs> and trying them out. There's... Mm. Yep. All right. There's my afternoon. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening in this week. Uh, we will see everybody next week. You, you've been Robin Hill. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe we're, I'm going to change. We're going to change the. Uh, this whole I have been Rob Minow thing. You're supposed Are to we? be changing the theme music too. Months ago. What? Yeah. No, I thought. Yeah, we were going to change oh, the music. Oh, you want to change the music. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right. All right. Fine. Get on it. Okay. Thanks for thanks for turning <laughs> turning all the positivity <laughs> on its head, Ryan. It's my job. Uh-huh. All right. I have been Rob Minow. You guys are have been dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see everybody next week. <laughs> no, okay. I have been... That might get it. Uh, I have been Rob Minow. I've been Ryan Flurry, And I'm still Steve Barkley. The cowbell is still the cowbell. <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.